So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this special edition of Everyday Connection on gratitude. Uh, It's actually Thanksgiving here in the United States. Um, And so when I was inquiring as to whether she wanted to do a show, oh, she, oh, if Jean wanted to do a show, um, because I knew it wasn't Thanksgiving all over the world. It's only really here in the U.S., on this particular date, but um, the whole idea came up about gratitude. And uh, so there we have my, uh, I'll just lead off um, by saying that uh, one of the things I'm going to talk about being thankful for is Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Aw, that's sweet, Rick. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And I am grateful as well for you and your presence and um, your partnership in this grand adventure that we call Everyday Connection. This grand scheme of things. Grand adventure. So we don't really know what we're going to do. It's We're here. Uh, several yeah. folks have mentioned they might stop by and phone in with some of their uh, things they're thankful for, their gratitude lists. Uh, but we're going to talk about gratitude in general, uh, above and beyond just, uh, you know, a show of us talking about, you know, oh, I'm grateful for my pinky toe. Um, <laughs> we're going to let you think that, you know, there are a few things we're grateful for that we don't have to list off for you this evening. Um, but uh, gratitude itself and what it's uh, what it's worth, its importance uh are something that uh we thought we would chat about. Yeah, it's it's really strange um to me, I guess, that people don't ever really sit back and consider um why so many religions and belief systems teach uh gratitude as part of their I don't want to call it I don't discipline because it's not really something that's a discipline. Um, but that not they to teach, us anyway. Some no, churches, but, but I guess yeah. But I, not every belief system teaches things as a as a discipline either. That's why I don't want to that's use true. the word. That's true. Um, but they do speak very highly of the benefits of gratitude. I'm not sure, however, though I recall ever being in church at any time in my youth um, and having anybody explain to me why it was important to be grateful for things. Well, I think in 
in uh, some uh, practices, um, uh, religious belief systems, uh, even just regular belief systems, sometimes <clears throat> people are so removed from the genesis of that and a good job of storytelling has perhaps not been carried on, they don't know why. And But I think that you've brought up something that ought to spark everybody's uh, curiosity in that for all of the differences of all of these different belief systems and and on any given point they can be as different as night and day the things that they're pretty much all saying and saying with some stress you got to wonder <laughs> that might be something worth looking into yeah, there's definitely a common vein. Um, got you know the common vein of forgiveness, the common vein of non-judgment, um, the common vein of love your fellow man. You know, it, it, your basic fundamental human to human contact issues: how to treat other people, the golden rule. I, all these things have commonalities. All these different belief systems have commonalities, and and one of them is, like I said, gratitude. And um, it it kind of amazes me that we have. And here's here's where I might get hung for this. Um, but one of the reasons I don't believe in in holidays like this is because. Um, I don't think we should only have one day of the year just to sit and reflect on on being grateful. I think it should be so ingrained into everybody that it's something that you do every day because it has such a positive influence on how um, how your own personal outlook is on the world, how you interact with other people, how your health is, uh, your overall state of well-being. It's so important. And we don't take enough time to actually think about why gratitude is so important and what effects it has on us when we remain in a state of appreciation or gratitude. I think it's something people should discuss more of. Um, unfortunately, with holidays like this one, instead of sitting around actually discussing why being grateful is important, there's going to be a lot of people out there having some wonderful um, family interactions and eating lots of food, um, watching football. I understand in the United States is huge this weekend as well. Yes, so, yes American football. Right. So um, to me, it's we're missing the meaning almost of the holiday, and um, that's, that's one of the things I want to talk tonight about as well. Absolutely, because it, it just is... Um, you know, uh, maybe I've reached the point where I'm I'm willing to take one day if that's all we can get. But like you say, uh, so many folks aren't even really going to pause to talk about, you know, anything beyond being thankful for having a really full gut. Uh, <laughs> it is a tradition to drastically overeat um, in here in America for the holiday. And that in a country that pretty much overeats in general. So if this is a drastic overeating, you can imagine. But uh, fall feasts, uh, harvest feasts have been tradition for thousands of years before. Uh, thousands of years. Thousands. 
the folks here in the United States decided to uh, have the uh, Thanksgiving story about how the pilgrims wouldn't have made it through that first winter without uh, the help of the Indians. Of course, you see how long we remembered our gratitude to the American Indian. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 that's a different show. Um, that's a totally different show. Totally but if there's any shaman out there listening, come on on the show. We'll let you talk about that, too. <laughs> but um, it, it it is traditional to have, you know, uh, harvest feasts of some sort. Uh, having worked on a farm some summers at growing up, uh, my brother-in-law and sister lived on a farm in Kansas until uh, the family farms got wiped out pretty much. Um, believe me, when harvest is over, you really want to have a party after you've had about a two-day nap. <laughs> so it, it's because it's you go nonstop until you get the crop in. That's That used to be sort of kind of what measured the size of land a man could farm was how much he could harvest. Absolutely, but um, the, the anyway. traditional the traditional harvest feasts also though were um, not just about celebrating the fact that you have all this food. It's it's about celebrating the cycle of life. It's about celebrating um, um, nature's gifts. Um, you know, I mean, which is why I say we've taken that and we've kind of twisted it a little bit from what it originally intended, um, what it was originally intended to be. So, I you know, it's for me, it's an opportunity to go back. Whenever we take something and we, we go a little bit off track with it, it gives us an opportunity as a whole to reexamine the meaning, the original meanings behind these things and um, to reflect on them and to re-embrace the meaning um, and, and to celebrate the importance of the meaning as opposed to the commercialized twist that we've we've put on a lot of our holidays in the last I don't know, fifty particularly in this so called quote developed world. <clears throat> I've always thought that was a funny word that, you know, we have these underdeveloped countries, but in the developed countries they yeah, but some of that developing was losing things, and uh, uh, and yes, I we would all, you know, in in uh, as in a personal sense say yes, you should be in a state of appreciation as much of the time as possible, and when you begin to see everything is connected, you sort of end up in that state of appreciation almost all the time. And you feel really, really, really horrible when something even small happens that knocks you out of that state of appreciation. It seems just horrible. Yeah, and the yuck. The end of the world. Yuckier. You know, and because you, it can get so good in that state of appreciation. But there is something to be said too for communities having uh, times when they get together and share that appreciation out loud. And with each other, um, it uh, well, uh, I know Gene and I were talking about what the wondrous things it can do for your body and your health. Absolutely. Um, 
and community in any shape or form. So coming together of community in any shape or form um, is a wondrous expression of of human love. So um, and appreciation again. So you know that's to be celebrated at all times, regardless of regardless of the of the reasons for community and family coming together. Um, you know, so so there's that that as well. So we won't turn this into a bashing Thanksgiving um, <laughs> bashing Thanksgiving Day. No, not at all. What, I, what we will do we have though, stories um, we have. Yeah, tons of tons of, um, uh, and we have a, a special guest that we're hoping to bring on, um, who has just appeared in our chat room, and we're hoping that he will call in the, in the next couple of minutes that he can um, share in our Thanksgiving show. Because he is somebody that I think we're both very grateful for. Um, somebody yes, our, who our, has our hmm? regular listeners will notice that we didn't do any sort of a shout out to anybody at the beginning of the show, <laughs> and we normally do a big shout out to Bill uh, and the folks at Inner Child, our family. And it's because at least I plan to give a big shout out to Bill and Inner Child as something that I'm is on my gratitude list. Absolutely, uh, and in person, hopefully, was the plan. Um. <laughs> and uh, well, that was your plan, and yeah, it's, yeah. I, I'm I love the plan. Don't get don't Here get me wrong, is. but I don't know if it was his plan as well. But well, um, I you know he's put me on the spot a couple times, so <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. But um, there's we're even gonna I'm even gonna tell a Wayne Dyer story uh, about what gratitude can do. So. Uh, we got a lot of uh, good stuff coming up, I hope. Uh, it's about that time. We'll take a little break, perhaps. Yeah, uh, I think we'll... Um, are we going to play, a song. play um, a song from a new friend that we made? We made a new friend, and I have several of his uh, songs to play this evening. I don't know if I'll get to all of them, but two of them for sure I'm going to get to. But uh, this first song is entitled Bottled Up, and it's about... A girl, and it's about um, keeping things bottled up and what it does. And uh, we can talk when we get back about how gratitude can help prevent that from happening. So join us right back here. Enjoy the music in about three minutes. <laughs>
All right. That's from our friend that we made on our show on Tuesday, Jordan Okrand. And um, we uh, will put some links up for him here in just a minute. But uh, uh, I want to be sure that you folks know that you should check him out. And anybody in the Raleigh, North Carolina area, for sure, check out his site. Because, for example, tomorrow night, he's going to be at the Ballymore Irish Pub there. And... um, there you go. You get to listen to him live. Yeah. And uh, that's awesome. He's got some live videos up on uh, YouTube as well. So I I can see he's got a lot of energy in his live live work. So it's good stuff. Okay. So Presto Digito, we have Joyzy on the line. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Joyzy. Uh, hello, another day to have an excuse to be thankful. So I'm all happy, you know. <laughs> you know, I don't know why we have to label things and have excuses for these days, but you know, it's a beautiful day. Happy Thanksgiving, happy happy day to both of you. I love you guys, and thank you so much for being who you are. Aw, thanks, Bill. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Um, it's it's kind of a catch-22. You know, it's fantastic to celebrate the family. It's fantastic to see community mm-hmm. get together. But for me, I'd, I'd really love to see people um, realizing just how important gratitude is on, on more of a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm kind of at the point in my life where I wish we, wish we didn't have to have a holiday about gratitude. Um, just yeah. Because mm-hmm. I... Yeah, because it just should be part of your everyday life. and So I'm glad you're with us because I can't think of a better Fine, person yeah. to hang out with us on uh, Thanksgiving um, Family Day than our brother yeah. and um, friend in love arms than, a bit than you, Bill. So that's awesome. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, I'm so thankful to be here. Yeah. Thankful to be here. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> We're good, I think. You know, there's snow here, lots of snow. There's snow. Oh, great, great, great. Well, you know, you can have our share. I figured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not too anxious for the snow. You know, you know. I, I feel like I just escaped Utah just in time. You know, and I'll come back on the east coast. The only difference is that the snow is messier here than it is out west. You know, so. Uh, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead, I've spent a couple of holiday seasons in the New York City, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I got all excited. It was going to snow that night, and uh, Mom and Dad just kind of looked at each other and then kind of looked at me, and then they didn't say anything. And <laughs> Because often by the time you wake up, it doesn't much resemble snow. The streets are cleaned of it, and, and mm-hmm. then there's these patches that if you dig under, they're white, but they're kind of grayish by morning usually often mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> with all the, um, i hate to say filth but you know just the waste matter that comes from being around cities you know kind of you know it changes the whole attitude about snow it becomes a nuisance as opposed to a beauty you know looks good falling but once it hits the streets and people walk on it and the cars drive through it and the carbon monoxide mixes with it it you know just changes its nomenclature to be something not quite so beautiful <laughs> I noticed my attitude about it has changed this year, and I, it's a, I'm in a location where my apartment is across the road from some trees and some bush and some walkways. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So 
I'm not surrounded by the buildings that I was surrounded by in the city, and um, mm-hmm. I just I there's more of a I have more of a warm feeling towards the snow falling this year than I did yeah. the year before, and I'm wondering if it's if it's you know part and parcel that it just looks like it belongs because there's yeah. you know a lot more nature and a lot more trees where I am now. So mm-hmm. I don't know we'll see how this goes because I'm usually not a winter girl, but I'm in Quebec now, and um, apparently they get pretty nasty winters so <laughs> so you're a, you're a winter girl now whether you want to or not whether <laughs> i like it or not that's great that's great <laughs> well you know plenty of firewood that's the case <laughs> if you I have a fireplace a, of course i need a fireplace i can't wait that's you know my my one goal in having um in having a house would be to have a fireplace, fireplace. so um, so, um well, see, now there we go, saying the same words at the same time again. So. I'm not sure we got it on radio before. We had it on tape before, but now we have it on the radio, so we can prove that to people. Um, she really is my sister, people. She may live a gazillion miles away, and she may not be related to me biologically at all, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Um, well, I was going to talk about uh, inner child and uh, poetry and things, as long as we've got Bill right here, because... We start every show with a shout-out to uh, our inner child uh, family and, because that's who they are to us. And uh, and I see them be that to everybody that comes along that's receptive to it. And uh, that is a, a beautiful uh, state of being and one that uh, I certainly try to live. But uh, it's so refreshing to find it in others. And, I mean, I see them just embrace Everybody from all kinds of different walks of life, whether you're a poet or not a poet, whether you ever want to talk out loud on any of their shows, or if you just want to hang out in the forums around their website. Uh, just an incredible group of folks. We try, but you're a part of it. You know, I, I, I always believe, I, I'm so thankful, and I know I've told this story before, but when I first met you, Rick, you just immediately embraced me, you know, over at the Elizabeth Thesis group. And, you know, I, you know, I had kind of a, you know, I was still, you know, kind of like judging by the cover to some degree, and you looked like the all-American Republican from Texas, you know, um, with this suit and the tie, and I was, wasn't quite sure, but, you know, you kept on embracing me, embracing me, and you reminded me of my higher self, you know, because sometimes we put our, our defense mechanisms on as a cloak, you know, um, in trying to ascertain or, you know, discern what's going on. But, uh, you know, I just thank you for the spirit of who you are. Um, because it does add to my spirit, and you do enhance you and Gene both do enhance the whole family attitude because you just embrace everybody as well, and I'm thankful for that. So I need to tell you that this day. Yeah. Well, I'm just um, I I think it's it's really you're a very special gift to me in that I have had some interesting experiences with people pretending to be that which they are not, um, but you are all about empowering the independent artist. Um, And when I say artist, I use the term, you know, very broadly. I'm talking right across the board, musicians, painters, people with pens, people who like to write stories, poets, anything creative. Um, The gift that you give of helping people to understand and know their self-worth is uh, one of the most precious gifts 
or if not the most precious gift you can ever give to your fellow man, and you have never asked for anything from anybody that I've noticed that you've worked, you're just all about telling people how, you know, amazing they are with no expectations. And that to me is, I mean, it's, it's a very, very special attribute and, and, you're just easy to love, Bill. Like, <laughs> and that's well, why we keep cannot... sending people your way because for for independent artists and especially authors who are just coming into their own and trying to figure out, I can't think of anybody better for them to work with or for a safer environment oh, for them you. to be in. And that. Thank you. You know, I, and I really, I, I really cannot take credit for it because I am my mother's son. Um, and she is my grandmother's uh, in that both of them, my grandmother, my mother, um, and various aunts and family members I was raised around, lived a life of service. And for me, that's all it is. It's just how much can I give? You know, how, where can I serve? Um, because, you know, I, I am blessed because of that, you know, with wonderful souls like yourself and Rick and many, many others. There's too many things that, you know, um, and for me, that is my law of attraction. You know, I exude what I want in return. You know, um, I exude love, and you know, and you know, it comes back, and I'm just, I just feel so filled and overwhelmed. You know, just to be in the presence of people. You know, like that term Namaste. I look for, you know, that divine source in people. You know, and I think everybody has it. Well, I know everybody has it. You know, sometimes Absolutely. you just have to dig a little deeper to find it. That's all. Absolutely, but there's there's something also very unique about um, you, the the way that you provide that service. Um, if, if you don't look at it as if it's service, um, you certainly don't act as if it's service. Um, it's it's a joy for you. It's not a chore. Absolutely. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, it doesn't take anything away from you. You see it as a gift, as an opportunity. Um, and that to me, in that, that, that is the definition of what service to your fellow man is supposed to be. It's not about, it's, it's not supposed to be about being in service to your fellow man. It's just about, supposed to be about loving and giving Mm. what of yourself that you can while lifting the other person up. Um, and that's, that, that's what you do. One of, one of the favorite lines out of our our show history was uh, Paige Bartholomew when she said, I, I, I get paid to love people. How cool is that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, because she's in a, a, a therapy setting and, as a therapist. And um, uh, that's really what it's all about in, 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 in the yeah. end is just loving them. And, you know, you want to you want to make somebody better. You want to make them feel better. You want to help them get better. Just love them. Right there, where they are, as is, where is, as as we might say in the used car business. Uh, and you know, I've used my car pretty heavily. But, Scratches, dents, and all. Yeah, and and um, but I put a couple of links up in the chat room. The first YouTube video up there, Gene. I don't know if you've seen, but put that on your list. That um, that's a video from Bill entitled Gratitude. And uh, it's a wonderful. I use it. Yes, I have over seen and over that, and actually. over again. I send it to people when I'm I've grateful. I've passed around several. And uh, and then the second YouTube video I put in there it was for 
for you, Bill. That's uh, our new friend Jordan that was just singing together with our other new friend, uh, Sean Ingram, who is an author, uh, and a speaker, poet? and spoken word artist. And, um, Great. Um, and and um, we have told both of them almost the moment we met them that, boy, we got some people you got to meet. And that would be uh, that would be Bill and the folks at Inner Child. So, uh, uh, for all of our guests in the uh, in the chat room and all of our podcast listeners, if you haven't taken the time for uh, of any of our other shout outs to drop by and see these folks, drop by and see them. They they just really will uh, warm your heart. And and if you're a poet, you really got to go because they got this little contest thing going on. This little contest got about another month to get in, and uh, and it's really something worth getting in on. And it's a big mouthful. It's the World Healing World Peace 2012 Poetry Contest. And, and how uh, is that going, Bill? Because we haven't had a chance to actually talk in the last little while. So, well, uh, do you want to give us an update? Well, it's it's going really well. It's already went global. You know, we've had um, various newspapers and radio shows, um, you know, uh, online radio shows like yours, as well as public radio stations pick it up and start blasting it. Um, you know, people are acknowledging and passing links for it in Google+, Plus as well as Twitter. So we're very blessed with some amazing poetry is coming. we got entries from Australia, Asia, South America, Canada, Africa, Europe, um, Wow. You know, Malaysia. I mean, it's it's like really astounding. I am I am so surprised. And you know, the beautiful thing I found out. Um, and earlier this year, we had did an anthology for the poetry spoken groups, where Inner Child and Poetry Spoken came together and did an anthology. Just asked everybody to submit. I met so many people that I did not know, and got to know them. You know, through that anthology, and the same thing is happening again. You know, I'm getting to meet people from all over the globe that I had no idea even existed. You know, and they're sharing their words for the common effort of world peace and world healing. And I'm like, how cool is that? You know, <laughs> I, I'm just like, I'm just like a kid at Christmas. You know, it's just like really, really, truly a blessing. You know, to integrate with you know so many people that I'm, I'm getting exposed. It's like traveling around the world through words. You know, I'm getting different people's perspectives. I have people sending me manuscripts. You know, and all kinds of stuff. But it's just amazing. You know, it's just absolutely amazing. You know, when you give people an opportunity to speak. You know, and I think that's the most important thing about what I do is that I believe that. We're a planet approaching, if not already there, 7 billion people. I think that everybody has something to say. Every single soul has something to say. Now, a lot of people cannot voice what they feel inside, and I think that's the magic of what writers and poets and various other word artists do, is they can see and translate the things that, from feelings and thoughts into words, you know, um, so a lot of times we are the voices for a lot of people that cannot speak, cannot elucidate, cannot put the words together in a beautiful way. And, and that's why I, I try always to, you know, empower the voice of people do, that do have the courage or the ability to write. Um, because I, you never know who it's going to affect. Because everybody that has something to say, there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. And and a lot of writers and um, I know poets take their inspiration from people that they meet 
and um, experiences that they have and things that they see within the world. So um, it, it it really is the voice of of yes. the people because you're you're taking um, the energy that you've experienced firsthand and you're turning that into into something written for others to experience as well through the reading of it. So I you know I I agree. <laughs> it's I yeah. think it's awesome as as a self-published author to see what you do um is is amazing and i was i was blessed to find my publishing company when i did um you know big shout out to grave distractions for standing by me uh and and never you know letting me fall and for all the friends um friends and family who have been there and had my back to encourage me but I know that not everybody is that blessed and at least there's people like you out there who are offering platforms for these people to be able to express and then to do it on a global scale where they're all working together for one common goal is just you know amazing I can't wait to read this thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, where's the book? Send you know, the book. Yeah, home from Australia, Malaysia, Africa. Are you kidding me? This must. Be, I mean, it's going to be an amazing compilation of thought and feeling. Yeah, um, yeah. incredible, incredible book. That yeah. uh, just to for for our podcast listeners that don't have access, maybe to all the links that we pop into our chat room and into uh, the. Uh, recording archive of the show on our website uh you can find bill's publishing empire at uh www.innerchildpress.com it's all one word inner child press and uh he's got a great special going on for, for christmas or something don't you bill everybody hurry up get yeah. the ideal christmas present well, it's, yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. all in lifting up the authors that you know are a part of our our we call it stable, but they are a part of our stable. Um, we have a special going on where if you buy two books, you get one free. Um, we've discounted other books, you know, um, you know, because I, I you know, I, I guess it's kind of a personal thing. And I think that you know, in our society today, we've gotten too far away from picking up books, and reading, you know, with the advent of things like YouTube and all the MP3s we lift. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I. I think that, you know, to a large extent, society is losing its touch with, um, on, a, on a deeper sense, uh, their cognitive understanding because we're not reading as much, you know, as we used to or as we had to. Um, you know, just with this instantaneous world of the Internet, we don't write letters anymore. <laughs> we don't. I mean, all those quaint little things that we remember or grew up with have disappeared virtually disappeared from our from our lives and reading is another one that's you know you know on the margin of uh becoming a dinosaur so to speak you know why read when someone else can you have the software that can speak it to you you know or what have you you know or you can look at a picture you know um right. or a video you know so you know so that's another concern that we have so we're we're pushing books you know um not that we have anything against videos or, you know, spoken word or any of that, but we think that reading is in, integrally necessary for a society to continue, you know, um, prospering. You know, you got to be able to read the directions, you know. That's right. That's right. And uh, uh, it, it, it's apparent sometimes even with just a little blog post that people get to talking about it and they, they haven't even read it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
don't know how that happens, but you know, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> so yeah, cool. we, again, like you said, we're not going to have a bashing day today. We're having a gratitude day. But this way, it, gratitude goes every day, yeah, so we have yeah. a little something in there. But Maybe they're um, using their intuitions or something of that nature. I don't know. But, I'm but, um, not going there tonight. But, uh, <laughs> but really, folks, uh, you just I could not give a more unreserved uh recommendation. I have no reservations whatsoever. I would send my kids. I'd send my mama. I would. So uh, go see these guys uh, and get to know Bill uh, because even if you're not a writer, get to know Bill. He's got incredible work of his own. Um, uh, He's got a whole uh, Good Morning Beloved Family book that is just nothing but Lines that he puts into Facebook to try to lift people up. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and when it comes to the inner child um, Ming family over there, it, it's it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a creator um, or artist uh, in order to uh, embrace and appreciate um, the feeling of the space that you enter when you go into inner child. Uh, it's just if you're looking for a place where you can be loved and accepted for who you are, whoever you are, whatever you do, um, without judgment and without reservation and without expectation, then this is, like I said before, a safe environment for you to grow into. And there's always somebody there to offer, um, offer the hand of friendship. If if you're feeling down and you need to be picked up, it, it it's just a good place to go. <laughs> like, it just feels just, good. It just feels good, yeah. It just feels good. There you, there you go. It just feels good. So, all right. Shall we talk about gratitude and how it? Um, well, I was going to see if we wanted to take a short break. Want to sing a little song? Okay, let's sing, sing a little song and okay. then. Uh, and then we can come back and uh, and and talk. We're going to talk about gratitude this whole this whole night. So, okay. Let's see. What should we? I'm I'm like flipping through the Rolodex here. What should we play? I don't know. We've been talking about this being a service and and stuff. So why don't we play this three minute eleven second song from our good friend Dana Harmon? Okie dokie. And it's called God's Path. Okay, and we'll okay. be back. Okay. <laughs>
All right. That's our uh, our good friend Dana Harmon, who uh, is just a great example of, you know, we go the whole spectrum from one end to the other. Particularly Bill. You just, you know, come on. I mean, my profile picture is from when I was a real estate agent. I'm in a dark blue suit with a bright red tie. <laughs> I do. I look like a big six foot two Republican from Texas going to get you. <clears throat> yeah, is there. Okay, because i got to ask, is there a reason why you haven't changed that yet? Um, <laughs> I mean, because we're... Consistency? Yeah. Consistency. It's also okay. very disarming. Disarming? Yeah, in, in other words, you know, like when you, you have an opportunity, I, like for... I, I'll use myself as an example. You know, as, as I said, you know, you know, we have a tendency to judge a book by its cover. I judge... Rick, you know, um, you know, and certain antenna went up because of the garb, you know, the red, white, and blue tie, the big, you know, Pepsi and smile, you know, and um, and you know, I, I guess to a large degree, you know, um, our humanity suffers, you know, a, um, you know, a lot of times is subverted because of our indoctrinations, our our cultural aspects, or beliefs, and what have you. And um, right. for me, it was it was it was disarming in the fact that I had an opportunity to look at myself, you know, um, and found out how ridiculous I was, you know, in embracing that, um, you know. I, so you know, for me, it was like you know, like it, it was like a, a cheap shot, Rick. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't mean to. <clears throat> no, no, I know you did. I know you. No, but I, no, but in but, all seriousness. But now that now, now I sort of kind of do, so that's why I haven't changed it. That's why you do it, right? That's why you keep it up because you've you've had that reaction. That's not the first time. Um, I know one of my friends. Um, he friended her on Facebook, and she was a friend of mine. Um, and she was like, I don't know if this scary man in a suit friended me, and I don't know what that's all about. And I'm just like, Oh no, no, that's Rick. It's okay. And she's like, Well, he just. He he looks like creepy man in a suit. And I'm like I know, but and then, I, do, I look know, like I belong in that suit in that picture. Now that she's um, now that she's to know him. she's been on the show. You wear it she's been well. on the show twice. <laughs> so you know, and and they're great friends. It's just it's it's funny how because um, you you look at you look at the picture and you think oh oh he's one of those he's one of those and it, but then it's it's the, it's, it's, it's there's been a lot of attention paid to, you know, don't judge that bum on the street. You don't know his story. Well, but nobody ever says don't judge the guy in a suit. You don't know his story. It's it's my point with, you know, people that get on about bankers. If you work at a bank, doesn't that's not who they're talking about, even though you may work there and wear a suit and, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I have kind of taken a little devilish joy out of it, I suppose, since I've heard this story so many times. Because uh, at first, I really didn't have any other picture. Uh, I was in a health crisis that left me in pretty sad shape. As I mentioned, I'm six foot two, which is, what, two meters. And I got down to 160 pounds, which, you know, 80 kilograms, something. <clears throat> Less than that, 75 kilos, something. Um and uh, 
so I didn't let people take pictures of me. And then there wasn't so many around to take the picture, and I didn't have a phone with a good enough camera. Well, I didn't have a camera in my phone, so I couldn't hold it up there and go click. So. And now you just put the suit out for... Now for, I just leave it. For, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, I mean, I, um, me in the past with my tattoos and, you know, different colored hairstyles, because they always underestimate you. Um, when you look like a tattooed up punk or um, now my current state of dress, which is, you know, usually the hippie skirt and, and very comfortable casual clothes, they always underestimate you. They never, they, they, they look at the tattoos and the piercings and um, the last thing that they put to mind with that is, is intellectual intelligence. <laughs> It's very true. Um, and it's funny to me because um, you can equate a lot of artists. And, and again, when I say artists, I include musicians and, and writers and stuff um, with with tattooed up, um, you know, piercings and or hippie dress or, or rocker clothes or punky looking. And But I have yet to meet um, an artist who's not an intellectual. Yeah. And I think it's so really true. funny. I think it's really funny that we don't <laughs> Well, one of my favorite stories uh that that I tell people uh, shortly during college and shortly after I worked at a restaurant and uh if you work at a restaurant in Texas, it's in, it, it at least out in the countryside restaurant like mine was uh Kerrville, Texas. Uh, you're going to work with some what people call illegal aliens. We called them exchange students. <laughs> we did. We called them exchange students. That was just our our name for them, and they thought it was funny. But uh, one of the things that I would do, we had live music on Friday and Saturday nights, and the owner of the restaurant drove, he had a big Suburban, and he drove the guys from the kitchen home. They all lived together in a house that he provided for them. He took very good care of them. Um, they were well respected by him, um, but they were not by. I would see these little waiters and waitresses come in. I was in a, I was the manager of the place, you know, and 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 see them look down their nose at the guys from the kitchen, and I thought I was better than that, you know, and so I would go back on Friday or Saturday night. I would take a bucket and put the put some beers in it and I would go sit back they would sit in the back of the restaurant there was a TV back there and you couldn't really hear the live music from back there so they would sit back there and watch the telenovelas waiting for Rocky to get to where he could take them home and uh, so I would take them all you know one beer a piece if they wanted up more beers they had to pay for them uh, but I would take them a beer a piece and sit back there and drink a beer with them you know these were my guys as sure as my waiters and waitresses were and so I sit next to the dishwasher, okay, uh, scrawny little guy, washes dishes, doesn't speak English very well, uh, it, you know, I mean, very little English, and uh, I spoke a little bit more Spanish than his English, but we spoke Spanglish when we talked. Um, so he asked me, he said, you go to the college out of here? And I said, yes. And uh, and uh, he asked me what I'm you know, I said, well, I take math and something and philosophy. And he said, philosophia? 
And he was on his third reading of Plato's Republic. It's his favorite book. And he wanted to discuss Plato's Republic with me back there over a beer. And it shocked me. And that was when I realized I really wasn't, except by degrees, any better than the waiters and waitresses I was looking down on for looking down on them. That's what you get when you go into that circle of judgment. And um, and it was quite a treat. He had some very uh, definite ideas about it. I'm not going to go into our discussion of the book, but, you know, illegal alien dishwasher that needs to be deported because he's a criminal. No, he's a philosophy student who happens to wash dishes. You know? Oh, wow. They always think the dishwashers are so unimportant. Oh, yeah. It's that guy that, you know, nobody that had any brains would do that job. Well, they better be grateful somebody does. They better be grateful somebody does. They're the toughest guys in the industry. Okay. First of all, you think being a cook or a waitress is hard? Huh. You ain't done nothing to use gone a full shift on a busy night in the dish pit <clears throat> yeah because okay I, and if you don't have a dishwasher who's really good at what they do your restaurant's screwed because guaranteed you need him to keep cycling your dishes through and a good dishwasher can help with the kitchen stuff i, I i'm sorry i, I was waitress yeah. for so long yeah. like well you just, we both were in the industry we much were serving people even guys before we knew how to serve people very well. Honestly, so much appreciation for the guys in the pit. I've had multiple dishwashers bail me out over the years um, in in I don't know, countless situations, both as a waitress and, and as a restaurant manager. So um, props to those guys. And, again, there's that judge. It, it does. It's, it, well, it's you, so when weird. you enter into a circle of judgment like that, whether you're, you know, well, I didn't judge that guy, and you did. Well, okay, now you're judging them. So you're, no, you're not, judging them. It's all in the circle of judgment, and it, it can be uh, almost like a dwindling spiral that it's hard to get out of. And it's true because I, I do it without. But I know how to get out of the circle of judgment. You know, well, wealthy people. Oh, they must be shallow. <laughs> yeah, guys in you know blue suits with bright red ties and Pepsi and smiles, but. <laughs> I, I I know a good way. There may be many ways. I don't know. Um, but I would say a way that's been effective for me of getting out of that circle of judgment, and that's gratitude. Amen. Amen. And you gratitude know, I was li- realizing that we're all one. You know, they say once you know that that person is really you, then you can't judge them. No, just be grateful that they're there, and that you can't judge them. That's all. It's, it's that easy. Don't have to be a swami. But go ahead, Bill. I was going to say, I was listening to your story. And, you know, um, the thing that struck me is the gratefulness for the lesson. I, I had a friend of mine um, that says that every time that you can stop and look at yourself, there's a lesson to be learned. You know, um, there's a lesson in every footprint, every breath. There's a lesson somewhere waiting to be discovered. And I'm just so grateful for the lesson. And also for you sharing that because it confirms you know, my attitude, and a lot of times we need that confirmation ourselves, you know, not to judge, a confirmation that, you know, there is a, a gift waiting for us if we stop to look at or look for it, you know, or 
we're paying attention. Conscious awareness is what we call it. You know. Yeah, and and, and, and but you do you you. You, it's a it's a choice we say, and and at least at the beginning it can be a bit of a chore to yes. practice mindfulness, to mm-hmm. practice awareness, to practice acceptance. That's why I think we call it practice. <clears throat> right. It's the the problem I've always had with MDs and medical doctors. Wait a minute, you're going to do surgery on me and you're still just practicing? There's somebody else, but. Um, <laughs> but it is a practice because it goes on. It's it, none of us are immune to it. Um, so true. I I don't care who it is. There's you know, uh, walking around today teaching spirituality or teaching whatever they're teaching. You know, we're we're all in the same boat, so we all get the same slaps upside the head sometimes. But um. Gratitude cures things that you just you you just wouldn't believe. Um, Absolutely. It, you know, it, it, yes. Yeah. You know, I was going to say there's that just to lean on a, a scripture in Christianity in the Book of James. There's a one passage that says, "Count it all joy." You know, and um, even the people that are sowing discord, you know, there's a lesson. Even if that lesson is just tolerance and patience. You know, or stillness, not to engage. You know, that, that I'm, I'm grateful for everybody that has brought anguish to my life, as well as everybody that has brought joy, because it expands who I am if I can just watch and be aware as to what my actions, reactions are, as well as, you know, what it is that they're saying. Because a lot of people, um, you know, react according to where they are, you know, and if we can discover where they are, we can see who we are as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, very, very true. Wayne Dyer like has a story that he told in uh, one of his. Uh, he sort of every time he writes a book, he goes around and does a bunch of speeches and specials for PBS because he's a big supporter of public television. But anyway, I was watching this special. I heard this story. I've um, Found the video a couple of times. It gets taken down for copyright reasons. But he tells a story of a tribe in Africa, the Babimba tribe. And the Babimba tribe had a very interesting uh, justice system. And, uh, uh, of course, that was our first mistake as Europeans and uh, later as Americans perhaps going to Africa was assuming they had nothing but savagery. But anyway, their justice system in the Babimba tribe, if 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 one of their members did something against another one of the members of the tribe or the tribe as a whole or, or whatever, <clears throat> that person was made to stand in the center of the village and all the villagers surrounded them. And then each villager, in turn, one at a time, stood right in front of them, face to face, and recited every thing that person had ever done that uplifted them, every good thing that they were firsthand aware of that that person had ever done. And you had to, you, you, you got to go the whole list. Doesn't take, take you all afternoon, that's fine. This would sometimes take days before they could get through all the members of the village uh, and, and, or the tribe if it was against the tribe. 
every member of the tribe, in turn, had to say everything good they could think of about that person and why they were grateful for that person being a member of the tribe. And then when it was all done, they had a big party, a big feast, and it was the party welcoming that person into the tribe. It was the same celebration they would do if they decided to bring someone from outside into the tribe uh, because they felt that the person had separated themselves from the tribe because of what they did. So they explained to them who they really were, reminded them who they really were, and then welcomed them back. Now, we talk about savages and primitives and indigenous peoples like they don't have any business around a modern society. But I would be one to say that if you take the justice system of the Babemba tribe and the justice system in the United States of America or most developed nations, but certainly in the United States of America, because we've got a messed up justice system up here in my opinion, that it would be the, the modern society that has the crazy justice system and the Babemba that had it right. Well, yeah. I'm, I agree. Tri- tribal, tribal living. Um, any any really good book that's ever been written by anybody who's actually taken the time, and I don't mean just go in and visit them and try to teach them something from you know modern society and impose your beliefs on them. Anybody who's gone in and lived among these people and actually tried to learn where they're coming from. Um, any any well-done documentary or, or well-written book documents um, the proof of the success of their way of doing things because there is no violent crime in their communities. They don't kill each other. They don't steal from each other. Many of them don't even have a word for murder. There's no such thing as child molestation, child abuse. Those substance abuse. These are issues that do not exist Exist in these societies. And we're barbaric? It's okay. But you know what? It's okay. It's okay because um, because I'm, I'm looking around and I'm seeing so many changes happening now to be grateful for with regards to us um, understanding and acknowledging, thanks to our technology, thanks to our ability to now share this information, to document it, to record it, um, thanks to our ability now to to get past the whole only only getting the information that is doled out to us, but rather actually communicating with each other and seeking out the information that we actually you know the truth, um, finding out for ourselves what the truth is. There are changes happening. I saw the craziest show today um, on TV, which is really weird, but mainstream TV. And they, you know, it was um, it's one of the daytime talk shows. Yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom <laughs> who writes books for a living. Um, but they brought in a doctor who is using ancient techniques of reading, um, reading the colors of your eyes and skin tone and the tongue and stuff like that to diagnose illness. He's not using all the technology that we have and he's getting it bang on. You know, 
almost all the time. So it, it's comforting for me to see that there's um, an exploration and an appreciation of this ancient knowledge that that some of these tribes have been using for thousands um, of years. I'm extraordinarily grateful for it, and I think that in a lot of this movement that's going on, whether you want to call it the Arab Spring or Occupy or all these different things, are I think that's one of the things people are reaching for is a sense of tribe, a sense of everybody's together in this, and they're feeling like some folks aren't feeling that way. So, you know... Um, I, I at least hope that that's what they're reaching for, because well, it seems to me that I mean, when you talk, when you hear them talk about their experiences within the different Occupy communities, um, a lot of what they're talking about is is the community, right, that right. they're experiencing, and it's it's really I think reminded people about the power of community, um, and the strength that you have in in numbers of of people who have. Um, you know, mutual respect for each other's needs, which, you know, is very empowering well, in, and, in and of itself. And communication. You know, you, you talked about what we're being able to find out because we have all these communication tools and things available yeah. to us. Communication. You know, you you go to a relationship therapist. Communication is the key. <laughs> okay. All right. So when, listen, people, Relationship. When I don't care what the relationship is, when you talk to Exxon, when the United States talks to Iraq or Iran or anybody else, um, that's relationship. You are relating to each other in some form or fashion. And lots of communication is the answer. I believe every time. You, We're all talking to each other now. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the... The president of Syria says that, you know, armed gangs are causing trouble and we're putting them down. Well, even 10 years ago, that might have been what the world took as what was going on in Syria. But it's not anymore. The rest of the world's got pictures and video and we're going, hey, cut that out. <sighs> that's that's not good. Don't do that. Yeah. And it's, it's I, I, the answer is not to go get in wars in other people's countries don't get me wrong, but when when society stands up and stays stood up, the shenanigans fall. They always do. They always have. They always have. Many of, whether it's a dictator or a king or a corporatocracy or whatever you want to call it, when the people stand up and stay stood up, but don't go fight with them. Just, I'm reminded of that university chancellor that uh, uh, where the pepper spray incident happened. She held a press conference, and the Occupy people showed up to protest at her exit. But they all agreed that they would be silent. And this woman had to walk from her building out to the car that her husband was waiting in, or someone was waiting in to drive her home. Pardon my assumption. But uh, she had to walk surrounded by large numbers of people. And not one of them made much of a sound. And, uh, I mean, there were times you wondered if they were breathing. And she was terrified. And 
the only thing you can be terrified, surrounded by silent people, is of yourself. And that dawns on people eventually. And and every one of them has, has, has come down. So there's no need to get in a big hurry and say, okay, we've been here for two weeks and it's not working. Peaceful protests, so now we're going to have to have a violent revolution. It, it, relax, everybody. It's working. They're fighting back. Everything's fine. There's be still. Um, be there's still. Really key about that video, though, Rick, that you're not mentioning. Um, yes, at the beginning of her walk, her face, and I can't say what was in her heart or in her mind when she was walking. I can only say what I saw in her face. And the beginning of that walk, yeah, she looked scared shitless. I'm not going to lie. But by the time she was getting in her car, she had gone from scared to quietly reflective. Yes. With some showing of respect even on her face for the action of her students. Well, so, and 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 that where do yeah. the naysayers and attackers go to find something to say about that? What? It's our school. We go school here. We got every right to be on the sidewalks and the whatever, and we all just sat on the ground. Most of them were sitting. And then the ones behind those were standing, and they just, what? what? We didn't even make any noise. No megaphones, no mic check, just, we're here. We see you. <clears throat> and. But I, I think, okay, and, and, you know, here's here's the gratitude show, and I want to talk about how gratitude can affect your health um, in a few minutes. So I want to get off of the, the negative angle Stop. of this. Yeah. Okay? But. Keep in mind that every time something like this happens, I mean, there's so much emphasis put on the negative aspects of what's going on right now. But I think that there needs to be more appreciation appreciation shown for the efforts of the people, for the communication between people, for the response of, I mean... You see violence here and there, but overall, let's show some appreciation for re- for some response and the respect that was given in a lot of the cities. On all sides. On all sides. In in most cases, from on the, all sides. On all sides, from the government, wonderful. from the people, from the public, okay? Even the media. And, sh- and appreciate that this is merely another tool to bring us to the next step. And every time we get in a place of it's not working, it gives us an opportunity to work together to build something that does work. So that, too, is something to be grateful for. Absolutely. And this idea of of being angry at the institution really needs to be set aside now and be replaced with an appreciation for the fact that we made it this far, um, that we now have a worldwide communication system that allows us to do things like a world healing, world peace contest, um, that allows us to do something like the Occupy movement that was a worldwide movement, um, show that you know how far we've come in that we are now taking care of people um, around the world on a global scale. 
and but that there has been I, there's a lot of barriers that have been broken down. Oh, there's the the gratitude list could go on for hours. Yeah, but it's time now that we be the babimba and not the U.S. or anybody else justice system. Exactly. Let's yes. surround exactly, these people yes. with because I don't. Let's there's something the good we can first. find out of anybody, and it's like Bill was saying. Sometimes you got to work to uncover it, but that. Namaste light is in everybody, and it's not us against them. It's just us here. There's no them. It's right. just us. So there's there's goodness within the systems. There's good people within the systems, and um, we need to focus on that. Let's work and with take them our energy off on what's the, the new thing that we're going to do. And and um, no more pointing of the fingers. No yeah, more. Absolutely. No, we already so know. So let's what take a mean. let's take a quick break. And uh, sing a song, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk specifically about what gratitude can do for your health. Okay. Okay, doke. We'll be back in about four minutes, folks. Please stay with us. Right on, right on. Some left us crying for somewhere to fight. Enemy that creeps in the dark And the smoke that turns into another dark day Is a wound that won't heal in my heart And I'm on the road To some other way Living my life I'm working down
right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, that was our friend, Carrie Kendall, singing uh, Living the Rest of My Life. Uh, it's a song about uh, uh, sort of moving on from uh, just like we were talking about. So, so Jane, hmm. what, talk about what gratitude can do for lots of things. What could it? But what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Um, okay, so just a quick run over because we're we're getting short on time. But a quick run over around this time last year, I was on a couch, which was doubling as my bed. Um, had to give up my job, and I had a major um, major attack of um, some physical. Problems and it was due to an old back injury. Um, my muscles was locked up, and I was on a great deal of pain medication and other stuff because of um, because of two herniated discs and an old fracture in my spine. And you know some complications due to nerve and neuromuscular um, issues, which you know they could call fibromyalgia, or I'm sure they have lots of names for it, but we're not going to put a name on it. Because I went through the process of getting back on my feet. I am medication-free, except for the odd Advil um, and glass of red wine, but that doesn't count, darn it. I just like the taste of red wine. <laughs> um, but I am medication-free. Free. I've gone from you know being on five really strong medications and being on the waiting list for pain clinic, um, you know, testing, possible surgery, to um, physiotherapy, to all that stuff, to being able to function. And how did I do that? Um, part of it was I wrote I wrote a book on the process, and that was me um, embracing my purpose and my self-made calling, stepping into my own, finding my power. Um, but part of that process had to do with gratitude. And one of the chapters that... Um, I wrote in the book was early on in the book and it was called pain sucks and gratitude heals and I'm going to release that instead of the reflections for um, this show I'm not going to do reflections I'm just going to put that chapter out as a blog um, but the end of that blog because it I think it's really important for people to understand um, especially now in these times there seems to be a, a rise of these neuromuscular disorders that people don't really understand, as well as depression that, by the way, does cause physical pain. For those of you out there who don't understand that, depression does cause physical pain. Um, and when you're in a state of chronic pain 24 hours a day, it doesn't matter how much medication they give you. The pain never really goes away. They can drug you all they want. It's it's not going to heal and cure the problem. And nobody wants to be dependent forever on medications. So there has to be other methods out there in order to deal with this. Chronic pain is scary for those who are suffering from it. It is a scary, scary thing. Terrifying. Because it can take months, possibly years, to be properly diagnosed sometimes, especially if you're somebody who has fibromyalgia or one of the other rare neuro and not so well understood neuromuscular disorders. 
Um, it's terrifying for family because there's, there's no physical, um, no outward physical showing of this pain. There's no reason for the pain. There's no logical, physical explanation that they can find. It's not like you've broken a bone. You can't touch that. You know what I mean? Um, so it's terrifying for the family. It's very hard for people to understand who have not ever been in chronic pain, what this chronic pain thing is all about. And then it's very disheartening for the person who's going through it because nobody understands. The patient themselves doesn't understand. The doctor doesn't have the answers. The medications don't do enough to take the pain away. Um, They want cure. They want the pain to go away. They don't want it just masked. So it's just a scary overall scenario. One of the things that I found that helped, and this is going to sound crazy, was making a list for myself of the things that I was grateful for. And maybe I was one of the lucky ones because I have an amazingly supportive family and friends um, on some level. I'm very very lucky in that I have that. But I started by making small lists of little things that I was grateful for. And... um, I would focus on those lists and it became kind of a meditative process for me where I would dedicate a certain time each day to just running through my head a mental list of the things that, you know, put a smile on my face. And not only did I just think about those things, but I shifted my focus and my energy and my attention and and literally like said screw the world for a little while, I have to focus my attention and energy on things that make me smile. So even things like Disney movies that put a smile on my face, I was really grateful for Disney movies. <laughs> um, and I watched a lot of them because they made me smile. And and I quickly tapped into how much of a benefit this feeling of gratitude and appreciation of little things was the the effect that it was actually having on my physicality and the level of pain uh, was astounding for me. Um, And it was an experiment game because I didn't know. Nobody had told me. I mean, yeah, okay, they talk about it in the Bible. They talk about it in in different religion and belief systems. But they never actually actually go in depth into how much this, how healing this can actually be. and and I wish doctors, and I know that the pain clinics teach it, but I wish doctors would talk more about it. Um, it's something that people need to understand, is that this, this ener- energetic space of appreciation, even if it's for little things, um, like you happen to really like chicken, and you had chicken tonight, and, you know, that's something to appreciate. I know it sounds silly, but... Um, little tiny things, if, if anything that you can find to be. Yeah, don't push for. yourself to find something, and don't make a list of the things you're supposed to be. No, 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 for. no. It's it's really little things that make you smile, little things that make you happy. Um, Puppies. If, you know what? If you're a smoker, and cigarettes make you smile, put them on your list. Absolutely. Okay. Honestly, if if you're if you're suffering from chronic pain and your pain pill right now makes you smile, put it on your list. Um, but I, And I know that sounds silly, but my reason for saying this 
is because I am living, walking, talking proof that being in a state of gratitude, even if it's for little tiny things in your life, can actually alter your physical state of being. It will help you get your strength back. It will help you find ways to deal with the pain. It will help you heal. Um, now, I, I'm going to just read the last part of this blog. Um, I wrote a whole chapter on it. Um, but the which ending, you'll be able to read on our website. Which you'll weekend. be able to read on our website. But the ending says, gratitude, they say, heals. So make a list of things in your life that you're grateful for. Make a list of the people in your life that you are thankful for and keep that list with you. Cherish it. Love it. Because it is your reminder that there is a reason for you to survive this. It is a reminder that you are cared for and you are loved and that you are important to others. And for that reason, you will find a way to pull through this. It sounds simple. It's not simple. Not one little bit. Chronic pain does not allow it to be simple. It's a struggle. Every minute, every hour of every day, it is a struggle. Just please, please do not give up. I hurt every day. I wake up and it hurts. I go through my day no matter what that day holds and it hurts. I go to bed and it hurts. I live on a couch with a heating pad, my computer and my TV, my books. And that for the moment is my life. But I am determined that I will not always feel this way. It will not always be this way. I figure the powers that be gave me a pen for a reason so that I can work through this, I can write about it, and I can pass on what I learn as I go to others so that they may work through it as well. That makes it not hurt so much. Yes, as I said, pain sucks. But what would suck more is giving into it and giving up. Do I feel blessed? Yes, I do. Because as much as it sucks, at least I can get let it go by writing about it and sharing my story to help others. Suddenly, my pain has a purpose, and it starts not to suck so much, but maybe instead is something else to be thankful for. I found a way through the writing of that book to be grateful for the pain, and that in and of itself was another way for me to work through and overcome what I was going through. Um, Now, you know, I still have... I, I certainly don't live on a couch anymore. Um, I still have my days where getting around is not as easy as it could be. Um, still have my days where I'd really like to have the pain pills. Um, but I also have days where I can walk seven kilometers and enjoy the sunshine. Um, days where I can scrub the house down. And be grateful for, um, I remember not so long ago, our washing machine broke. And I was really grateful for the fact that I was physically able to wash my laundry in the bathtub, which eight months ago I wouldn't have been able to do. Um, and, And honestly, a large part of me getting back on my feet had to do with me learning to be grateful for and to have appreciation for the people in my life and the little things that made my life worth living. Um, so, and, and that's why that's why I think it's so important that people um, understand the depth of the power that a state of appreciation has to change your your state of well-being. Our friends Abraham and 
Nestor agrees with them, would say that a state of appreciation is just about as close as you can get to your natural state in a physical body. If if I may? Yes. Um, one of the things is things like gratitude, love, reverence, appreciation, all those goody-goody things are actually physical properties of the heart. Um, the most powerful gland that we have in our body is the thymal gland, um, the thymus gland, uh, which, you know, associated with the T cells. I was watching, listening to um, this individual. I can't recall who it was, but they were saying that when we're, when we're conceived, the first organ that grows um, in, the, in the womb is the heart, and all the body comes out of the heart. It's the heart is the first thing that is formed, you know, when we are conceived, um, which makes a lot of sense. You know, when we go to heart with laughter, um, love, gratitude, reverence, and all those type of factors, what happens is that the thymus gland becomes active, and those particular T cells actually, they call it the central tolerance. It makes the things of the world more tolerant, you know, simply because we have activated that thymus gland. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there because um, there's a lot of exercises to activate your thymus gland um, and build tolerance, everything from giggling, um, laughter, um, reverence, gratitude, you know, and because we're now not living out of our mind stuff, and we're living out of our the natural aspects of who we are, which is heart. Absolutely, and and Jean, you mentioned depression, and uh, uh, yeah, and, it's and, a big uh, it's a big one these days, and 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 the medications that they give you for it artificially raise the serotonin level in your brain. Many of them. Well, another Wayne Dyer, bless his heart. Uh, was a study university study done, and people that committed random acts of kindness, literally, physically, testably, verifiably raised their serotonin levels. And the really cool part is that the person that received the random act of kindness, their serotonin level went up, and that surprised the scientists, so they started testing witnesses that just saw it this random act of kindness. They didn't give it. They didn't get it. They just saw it. Their serotonin level went up too. So, And, and depression is such a tricky one um, because, you know, anybody listening is probably thinking depression, gratitude, these things, they don't go together. Um, That's it's impossible. exactly right. They don't go it's, together. It's, it's impossible um, for you to feel a state of gratitude when you're lost in a state of, you know, depression. Okay. I can I can say yes. Yes, I can agree with that with that thinking and with that idea. But I also say that your state of being at any time is a choice. It is a choice. Well, and this is to... where this is no, this is where it becomes important for us to empower people to understand that their physical being, even their emotional state, does not define who they are. And that they have the power within them to consciously alter that state of being by taking the steps necessary to do that. 
which can seem as silly as, or, you know, it, it will sound silly to people, but in, in, in a state of intense physical pain, I opted to take a week off the world and watch Disney movies for a week over and over and over again, and I think it saved my life. It's entirely so, possible. Yeah. Because and I think your external state of being, including the corporations and everything else, comes from your internal state of being. And if you got to start right up close and personal of, man, I can't hack it. And I'm so I'm really glad I got this blanket I can pull over my head. If you got to start right up close and to you with something silly that seems silly. That seems silly maybe, right? But, but that's it's okay. not silly. It's not silly. It's, it's really, it's, it, it's really, really important um, for people to understand how much how much power they actually have um, within them to be able to to change um, how they how they feel. And I, I don't just mean emotionally; I mean physically as well. So on that note, um, that's something certainly that I'm grateful for, having gone through the experience so that I can be here today to be able to talk about it. Um, and for all the people who helped me to get through it, um, you know, that's something to celebrate on a day that's all about giving thanks. Absolutely. Believer, folks, she's been there. I was there. <laughs> he was. <laughs> and I've been there. Come on now. You pick pick one, they've all been there. Absolutely. You know, and you know, you can leave out certain revered figures that you have from history. I'm talking about pick one out of your circle of friends or your circle of acquaintances. Wayne Dyer has a rough day. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. Everybody can have a rough year. It's doesn't diminish who you are or your ability to choose. All right. We Bill, are you Bill. still there, honey? Yeah, I'm still here. We choose you want to say good night? Good night. What <laughs> <laughs> great show. I just enjoyed being here, spending a nice time. You know, it's quiet here where I am in um you know, it, it's very, you know, when we have these type of conversations, the beauty of it, for which I am grateful, is we have an opportunity to reflect through each other's words. And, you know, I'm just thankful to have been here tonight. There's there's always um, something that we can learn from others, which is awesome. I'm really thankful that, uh, that yeah. you're here tonight, Bill. I'm really thankful that you're here tonight, Jean. Uh, this is a wonderful uh, incredible uh, vehicle that uh, we have built together uh, right through beating our head against the wall of, look, other people do this, there's got to be a way to do this, to, <laughs> to the real joy that we have every time that we come together with all of y'all here in our little virtual sandbox. So I hope you'll join us again and again and again and again, and uh, we will do our best to... Uh, continue to provide shows that maybe could give you a moment's relief. Um, they certainly do to me. Anyway. Absolutely. So happy Thanksgiving. Great show. Happy Thanksgiving, yes. everybody. And, uh, don't forget to stay connected. 
All right. Night all. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me. And be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.